Okay, Erev Tov. We're continuing shortly the ninth chapter of the first section of Erev but we're going to address Shelley's email. Okay, if I understood last night's Rambam class correctly, there was an explanation that the first four hours of the day, God is learning Torah per se. Next four hours, he sits in judgment. So far, correct. Therefore, on Shabbat, in Shachris, we say, Mim Komcha, your place, really from your place, but that's fine. In the Kedushan at Musaf, because it's the second four hours of the day, we switch to Mim Koma, from his place. Then it's said during the time period of judgment, and that matches what we say on Yom Kippur, what he means to say, what you meant is, by Yom Kippur we say Mim Komo all the time. Okay, so, sounds like a reasonable explanation for the change between Shachris and Musaf, except that the word directly preceding Mim Komcha in Shachris is Mim Komo, and we have not switched time periods between the two words. Some questioning explanation of the switch that was quoted last night. It's inconsistent as we both have his and your place in chakras. In Musaf, it's consistent with Mimkomo, which fits the explanation. I get, I'm going to guess that the answer will be that in chakras referring to different definition of his place for the Mimkomo there. But I think that this weakens the explanation quoted last night. Any thoughts? So before I give you thoughts, Let's go over. Oh, please. I did have an let's, let's go over what we did yesterday uh, from the uh, Matamosha. We did a little bit quickly. It was in the last couple of minutes, so I, I may have gone a little too quick. To, was to... Okay, so what I'm going to do is that's why I'm going it again for a minute. Okay, this is what I want you to notice. Shachris by Kedusha. Okay. Shachris by Kedusha. We say, uh, after, after Baruch Kvod Hashem Mim Komo, we go, Mim Komcha Malkeinu Sophia. From your place, O King, you will appear and reign over us. Mim Komcha, from your place. By Musaf, same spot, so to speak, in the Kedusha, we say, Mim komohu yifem barachamim. From his place may he turn with compassion. So you see it switches from Mim komcha to Mim komo. And the Kedusha in Shach Resarchus Nekadesh Shimcha Boilam, and then Ozbekol Rashkadol, and then we go to Mim komcha. While by Musaf, we etc. And Mim Komo. Yom Kip, so there's a difference. Mim Komcha at Shachris, Mim Komo at Musaf. And Yom Kippur, the Kedusha is always like the Musaf Kedusha. So by Shachris, Musaf, it's always Mim Komo. Not from Mim Komcha to Mim Komo. So that is the unusual switch. Why is that? So we had brought the Medrash, or was it the Turkey of I remember what it was. The Gemara, rather the Gemara. Gemara Vodazar says, what does Hashem do during the hours of the day? First three hours he learns Torah. Next three hours he checks the world, what they're deserving. If they're not so good, he has to go from the throne of 
judgment of the throne of mercy, and then he does things in the other three hours as well. So we brought the Mata Moshe, and we said, let's go back a little bit over here. He says by, this is on Yom Kippur. Okay, by Yom Kippur. He says, Kedusha is always Kavodo, Malay Olam, Imadir Adirenu, Bechemachal Arba Tfilas. All four Tfilas of Yom Kippur, Lefisheshbo, Mimko Mohu Yifen. That's what we say, all four prayers, Mimko Mohu Yifen Berachami. Shashaykh Lomer came by Yom Kippur. It's appropriate to say it on Yom Kippur. He gives one reason, but that's not the main reason we give. Okay. Because on Yom Kippur we add a lot of prayers and a lot of requests. The throne of Hashem ascends, as it were, because of all the prayers. He goes to a higher place, so to speak. We also say that his servants ask each other, Where is the place of his honor? Even It's way up there. We can't say because that's something we can, from your place, it seems... Oh, it's more of a defined place, and we have some possible connection. That's why we don't say nekadesh yesh bo mim komcha. Okay, umizah tamris rovin bechol shabbos mim komol amusaf. We say mim komol amusaf uvishikfar here, but because we did a lot of prayers, so he's getting up there. That was one explanation. I, I kind of ran through that because the main thing is next one. V'yeshomrim says if yishachris omrim komcha. Why do we say shachris by mim komcha shabbos? If he says a dying hand be gimel shasra, it's first. It's first in the first three hours. V'yeshav kares al kisek foro. He must have a different gear. Says v'zonas olam kulo. He sustains the world. Our version is that's the third set of three hours. Doesn't matter. It could be the first three hours learning Torah. That doesn't matter. Okay, yeah, I understand. Yeah. But anyway, they got off of one throne, and he's judging, and he's the second three hours. We tell, ask him, move from your Kisev Din to sit on the Kisev Rachamim. Okay? He's always judging the world. From his place. Okay. So he's basically saying that Hashem is in a loftier space. Basically, it's his space. It's your space. It's a space. Uh, we don't know what that is either, but it's something we sort of can relate to, sort of, sort of. But when he has to go up higher, it's like Mim Komo. So Shelley now asks, so that was the explanation. So Shelley now asks, but wait a minute. In all of the Kedushas, or at least the Musaf Kedusha, but by both of them, by Shachris or Musaf, whatever we say, we start before they go, Baruch Kavod Hashem Mim Komo. So he's saying you have a contradiction. You're, we always are saying mim komo anyway. By everyone we say mim komo. 
So what do you tell me on Yom Kippur bite? We do every Musaf one that has Mim Komo, Huyif, and Barachamim. But every Kiddush, even a Shachris, is called Mim Komo. That was Shelly's question. You hear the question? Well, you were on weekdays too. Yes, we're on weekdays too as well. So here's the answer, I believe. It says his his covet is everywhere. His ministering angels ask the question, Aye Makom Kvodo, where is the place of Amr? Those facing each other say, they say about God, Now, that's what we say from our perspective. Because from our perspective, we know one thing. He's out of this world. From our perspective. But now the next line isn't what we're saying, but rather what we're perceiving of God's reality. And therefore, the first part is what we are, the angels are saying. And when the angels talk about God, they're saying, Mim Komo, he's way beyond us. Forget it, he's way beyond us. Aye, Mekom Kvodo, like, where is he? Where is he? I mean, we don't even know where he is. Mim Komo, he, 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 he's from a very far place. But the next section says, Mim Komo, from his far place, who yifen barachmin, he turns to us in mercy. So that's discussing God's response. So in the early times, the response is mim kom chom al Sophia. From your place, you will appear. It's talking. It's talking about from God's perspective, and as we will explain more. The idea of makom is a double meaning. It's it's Hashem's real perspective and what our perspective of Hashem is. Yeah. It works two ways. Remember Hashem said, by Moshe, you go to the rock, you go to that makom, that's going to be the place of your perspective. But for that perspective, you'll be able to understand my loftiness. Right. But there's our perspective of God's loftiness and his perspective of his loftiness. And that's a big difference. And therefore, it depends what God does. We always say, Mim Komo. Because when we're to, when the angels are talking to each other, they're always saying, Mim Komo, never a change. Always saying, by Shachris, same thing, Baruch Kavod Hashem Mim Komo. We always say, Baruch Kavod Hashem Mim Komo. And then by Muslim, it says, you know, we say, Aye Mekom Kvodo. We don't know where he is. Angels say we don't know where he is. He must be pretty far away. Okay, that's angel. Our perspective is Mim Komo. But when we say to Hashem, appear to us, now we know one thing, but Hashem's perspective is a little different than ours. And Hashem has a perspective where he's a little closer to us, but for us, whatever he is, for us, it's out of this world. We don't know where he is. We can never figure out where he is. But we know from your perspective, you're a lot closer than uh, at certain times of the day than we are. So that is the, the answer, because we'll see that Makom has a lot to do with Moshe going, finding a place where he can try to perceive God, and then how Hashem is perceived. 
That's two different things. That's our perception and how Hashem wants to be perceived. Those are two different things that we really haven't touched on yet. So really to be happy, Shelly, with the answer, I hate to say this, got to wait for the next two prakim because there's certain bits of information that I'm going to try to explain, but I have, the Rambam hasn't talked about it yet. Mim Komo is always our person. God, you're, I don't know where you are. You're in a place. That's what the angels are saying. And that's us too. And for sure us. For sure us. It's always saying, where is he? Where is his place? Meaning, where's his loftiness? That essence of Hashem, that beyond description. It's, it's Mim Komo. But then what Hashem can do. And that we haven't learned yet. That's why you have to trust me for a couple more days. It's not that you won't don't trust, but I'm saying you don't have the information. That's what I'm saying. But then there's Hashem making his appearance possible in some way. And it's either Mimkomcha closer or further. So when we want to approach God, it's well, he's he's beyond. He's beyond he's Mimkom That's the angels talking. Now we're making Hashem, we're saying, Hashem, why don't you turn to us from where you know you are? And you are in a place from your perspective where you are closer to us or even farther from us, or you want to share deeper levels of your makom or less deeper levels of your makom. So by Shachas, we haven't gotten too far, so Hashem is going to show us little bits, mimkom cha. But on the Yom Kippur by Musaf or Shabbos by Musaf, we go, whoa, it's even Mim Komo. Even the further one, you'll share with us that. When we say, we say, Hashem, turn to us. What does that mean, turn to us? What that? That's going to be two chapters from now. When it says, Olav Yoreh, Hashem comes down, goes up. What do those words mean? That's him trying to share in some way of us appreciating what he is. So that's the difference. So okay. we'll just... It, it, okay, if, and by the end of the week, I hope okay. you when we maybe early Sunday, you'll see. Oh, okay, now it begins to make more sense. But what, one thing's clear: one is our perspective, and the other one we're telling Hashem, you come from your perspective, and that uh, Hashem has less. Uh, there's more that Hashem can share with us, so to speak, from all our prayers. So Hashem can even share with us more more lofty things and which obviously going off of the throne of glory to the, th- to the throne of judgment mercy that's really showing us a lot more than just uh, studying Torah but studying Torah okay because Torah we have a little bit of a handle we have a little handle on Torah God learns Torah we learn Torah but this whole idea of getting off a, th- a, a, a throne of judgment and the throne of kindness and what does a throne mean? We haven't discussed the throne that's today. So there's too many variables that have not been explained to adequately answer. So I'm just giving you a generic answer that's not totally satisfying, but will help. Okay. So during what? Neila? Neila. It seems to be a higher level beyond Musaf. We enter other deeper zones of reality. We enter, we enter the world of Yechida, of the unity of Hashem is more perceived. But the Makom is always the same. The Makom is always the same. 
it's a it's a far it's a far makom that he shares with us, and there can be different levels of makom through the five levels of reality. Depending on where we get up to too. Is yeah, the, yeah. Okay, let's close this down. Close this down, and now we're going to begin chapter nine. So, just one secundo. We're going to talk about the word kise. Now, there's again. Without a little explanation, you're going to wonder, here, kisei. Because what's the big deal? Kisei is a chair. So we have to understand something. Today, I want to ask you a question. How many of the, in the civilized, let's say in Canada, there's what, about 30 million Canadians, give or take? 40. 40, okay. Whatever, whatever it is. How many of them sit on a chair at some time of the day? I'd say all of them. Just about all of them. Babies don't. Everybody's sitting. You're sitting on a chair right now. Five out of five. How do you like that? Now, we go back a few thousand years ago. There's no such thing as a chair. Did you realize that? Wasn't there a throne? There was no such thing as a chair. Okay, where did you eat supper? On the ground. On the ground, didn't you? Remember we went to Israel, did a Bedouin tent? Why eating on the ground? You know why? Why not? Resources were scarce. You're going to go make a chair? And then a table? And then a footstool? No, 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 no. There was only one type of kisei. The rich, powerful king. The only one who sat on something was a king. Therefore, the regular Pashat Pshat, when the Torah was given, remember, we're talking about biblical Hebrew now. We're not talking about contemporary Hebrew. Right? Uh, every, did you ever notice we go to all these ruins in Israel? How come they can't find any chairs? Maybe they took them. They find bowls. Well, they're rentals. They're right? They're, they're, they're no, steps. There's steps. There's no tables and no chairs. Because what a waste. <laughs> Remember, they had to spend most of their time surviving. That means you hire, you work on the farm. You're hungry. You got to make... You got time to go take wood and make furniture. That was like a big improvement to society. Bro, now we have tables and chairs and this and that. But in biblical times, it didn't exist. In the biblical Hebrew, when the Torah was written, the Torah was no such thing as it, but there was. The only time you'll find the word kisei in the Torah is a throne. Because a king, he is special. And to show his specialness, he has a throne. Now that's very important because now we're going to give multiple meanings. You're going to... Without this little introduction, I've already, with this, I've obviated a question. I understand. You're going to tell me it's a chair, and you want to say something about God's prestige? What is a chair to God's prestige? The answer is, a kisei in the Torah was only a king's throne, or someone of great prestige, because that took a lot of time, and we wanted to show that only a real chasher person sits on a throne, and that's it. And therefore, only, for example, in the base on Megdish, the only person who ever sat was the king from the dynasty of David and Melech. So this was 
So that is so important to just get this uh, historical context of what was going on. That's why we can now make these other assumptions over it. Otherwise, you're going to say, and I guess the Sanhedrin in the the room of hewn stone also sat on ships. Well, they were important people. Right. They were important people. But you see, but people generally would stand right. or sit on the floor. That makes a lot of sense. Why waste your time? Right? Um, Sephardi shuls, you know, they didn't have chairs and benches or whatever, or he could have sat on the floor too. His mama sat on the floor. Because what do you need a chair for? But you try to show he's the king. He is higher than all of us. We sit on the floor. He sits on a chair. Or we stand before him. But he, only a hush of important, powerful person. So the throne is always associated with one of power and strength and might. Okay. So now with that, we can begin to understand chapter 9. Okay. But that's a very important introduction. So, Kisei, Iker Hanachaso, Belashido, the main meaning as well known. And, 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 and the fact that he's a well known, right now we'd be wrong. So, yeah, it's well known, it's this. No, this is not a Kisei in biblical terms. Because it's only, really, the word Kisei should mean a throne, not a chair. That's the critical point. Okay, as many times it says in Sefer Malachim, Fayas HaMelech Kisei, the king made a chair, but not a chair, a throne. Uba'avur she'akisei omnam yeshvalav bali ha'gedulav ha'otsam kemalachim. And since who sat on these thrones? It was made for people who were great and powerful like kings. Fayakisei dover nimtza, and therefore, the throne was something found, whether from wood or from stone or gold and silver. But the fact that you saw a throne, by definition, when you saw a throne, wherever it was, Mora al that's fitting for someone of such a virtue and power that he is the one who sits on that. And therefore, that's the simple meaning. But now when we go to the associated meanings that go with this, now you can understand. So anything that I look at that associates with greatness. When I see a throne, I don't think the schmiggly poor Taylor is sitting on that throne. I think it's a very awesome, powerful person. Even I don't know who it is, I don't even see who it is. But I know that is for some of them. So now we can borrow this term to apply in three other areas when we talk about something being a kisei. So now, in fact, what is a kisei? A kisei is something that shows you about something or someone that is powerful. Okay, so the simple meaning, a physical Throne, physical king. That's Pasha Pshat. But obviously, in essence, it's the idea is expanded. And therefore, Nikra Hamikdash, therefore the temple, the base Hamikdash, is called Kisei. It's referred to as a Kisei. 
to, to tell us, to teach us about the one that reveals himself there. And he rests his honor uh, on there and his loftiness on that. As the Pusik says, Va'amar, Kise Kavod Marom, the throne of honor on high, may reshone from the beginning. He missed two words. The most two important words is not here. Mekom Mitashenu, the place of our temple. So you understand anything in the physical world that is indicative of God's majesty is called a kise. And obviously the temple is a place, now there's a whole bunch of terms that Ram is going to have to explain now, where the Shekhinah revealed itself there. Okay? And that means that is the throne. You see a base of Migdash, that miracles are happening there. Well, who is, you know, there? God is there. So, so to speak, he's sitting on his throne. But so therefore, it's called his throne. Okay? So, and that's the understanding. Uh, similarly, and because of this concept as well, the heavens are called to teach us the same thing. Where he doesn't bring the Pasuk, but it says in Yeshaya, Hashem, Hashem says, Hashemayim Kisi, the heavens are my throne. Again, you look at that, wow, that, that, what, what do we just mean the heavens? We mean the stars, the orbits, and everything that's going on, the celestial world out there. And you know there's incredible things going on with the different, uh, what do you call it, constellations. There's a lot going on there. Who made that? Must be somebody awfully, something awfully powerful that that we can attribute God's majesty to there. Certainly, um, uh, where are we up to now? Someone who knows, a good astrologer, astronomer that understands this. For the one who brings them in and moves them around the, the way the solar system or the constellations rotate and all that's going on over there. And we know they do have an impact on this lower world with good influence. And that's what Hashem says, Okay? So Yomer, Haim, Yorav, they teach about my existence, my awesomeness, and my power. Like a kisei is something that's fit for someone who is big, powerful, and worthy of a throne. So when I see the throne, I know there's a powerful king out there. Do I know what the king looks like? No, but I know there is a physical king there. So just like a, cha- a throne speaks about, there must be a part, and if it's a more expensive and beautiful throne, he's a more powerful king. So now when I look at the Beisam Migdash, that's the throne, that that's something we attribute to God. That means God's awesome. We have the heavens, we attribute to God God is awesome. And then there's going to be one more, which we're not going to get up to today. One second. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And that is what true believers should understand. Lo geshem. But not as something physical. She that has to carry God. 
In other words, the main point is no corporeality. God does not, if God sits on a chair, he must need to take a rest. And he must have a limbs that need that fit onto the chair. No. Because we're going to give you all kinds of proof. It's not physical. How can it be a place or a dwelling for something, you know, that's a body which Hashem does not have? So at this point in time, the Rambam has explained two cases where the Beis Amikdash is not actually a throne, but we can attribute indicative of God's majesty. So that's one. Now, what's the difference between those two? That's first before. Because there's going to be a third one that we're going to get to tomorrow, and that's a big one. But the fact of the matter is, um, the what's the difference between the heavens and the base of Mikdash existentially? In what way are they different in being thrones of God? Physically here. Well, no. The, the sun and the and moons are physically yeah, here, too. No, but, to but they exist. We went to the moon. No, we did. We did go to the moon. I know, but it's something we did. Year. We we had to do something to make the to make that shear. Dear Abedakonim, if we don't clear away a place of holiness and make a place for right. it away from, they didn't, we didn't have to do nothing to be in the shrine. Right. The He's sun there. and the stars and moons are automatic. They are always there, will never change. They're always going to be until the end of time. That's why they call constellations, right? The base on Mindash is not permanent. It's only what we do is where we create that throne. In other words, those natural, the natural throne of the heavens will always exist and doesn't depend on anything. We could be the worst people in the world. Still, the sun's going to come out every day. No, at least in the heavens, it might be a cloudy day, but it's up in there. It's always there. Those things are always running. The other one is what man is able to create a reality in which we can attribute something to Hashem through that reality. That's why we have to have two other examples of that. But leads us tomorrow to the third and most existential. The third baby fish may down. Yes, but the third one is, we'll see was with Amalek. Kiyod al And The hand is on the throne of God. And that's what we have to talk about tomorrow. We're going to get into that, finish with the Kisei, and then we'll move on. Okay, Yasher Koyach, everybody.